0: going at you know Okay. I right, look like it's okay, you can start. You have access to your to your, to
1: your page, so you can do it. Okay. this is Brabender, and we're in doing the parsha of Korach. And this uh parsha is the Lui Nishmat Reb Yitzchak Yehuda. And Eliyahu Halevi The Yurt site was understand. Pet Thomas. Pet Thomas. Okay, uh let, let's start from let's take a look at the Pirkei votes so to remind ourselves Ezra, the second page. I need the second page. Oh, there it is. No, that's not it. Right, but you have access. You can do it. I can. Oh, I can do it. Terrific. Uh, terrific. Terrific. Everything is terrific. You have access. You can do it. I thought. I thought uh, once. I thought I would get better at this. Hey, uh, there's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. vote Pirkei, Mishnah, Ted Zion. I'm sorry, Yud Zion, for some reason. Ted Zion appeared, I guess, as a hint to me of some sort. I have to think about it. Kol Machloket l'shem Anytime there's a Machloket, you know that the, the thoughtful uh, Jews who, who were trying to understand the world in which they lived, uh, Ask the question, I mean, in Hasidut, uh, it's quite common. And I think even Mitnadim asked the question. Uh, And that question was like, why do we need a world with machloket? Why is it that the world is permeated by machloket? And machloket refers to Uh, practical things, political things, but also Torah. I mean, anybody who's ever tackled Gemara knows that it's just one machloket difference of opinion after the other. And most of these differences of opinion don't seem to ever get settled. They never get settled, really, even though this Psaac, but we go back to learning the Gemara over again, and we try to understand, then why did they have a Machloket? And why was it there? So the thoughtful people, as I said, the thoughtful people, like ask that question, why is there Machloket? And why is that so popular? And why does everybody look for a Machloket that he or she can be part of? And here, Allah comes Pirchei and makes a distinction that is important for us. He says, I'm even, I don't know what that is. Anytime there's a machloket, which depends on, on heaven, it's for the sake of heaven. I'm having this machloket because I'm concerned about the world that I live in. The Mishnah says Sofalit Kayem. At the end of days it'll be there. It'll exist. It won't disappear. So fallit Kayem. What does that mean? Why would I want the Mahloka at lit Kayem? Why would I want the Mahloka to continue to exist? but a uh, but, uh, it's not for the sake of heaven. I don't know what for the sake of heaven is, and I don't know what not for the sake of heaven means. Now the Mishnah itself, whoever put the Mishnah together, Rabbi see see the Mishnah itself says, I know that you don't understand. So, I'm going to explain it to you in a kind of a way that will enable your understanding. So, give me an example of a machloket which is for the sake of heaven. Oh, zo machloket hillel Zo machloket hillel That's great. Everybody knows that Hillel and Shamai were Antagonists. They didn't agree. Halachic <laughs> antagonists. <laughs> but the machloket that is not the shame shemaim. So machloket Korach we call That's the machloket that we learn about in the parasha this week. Machloket Korach we call Korach, I mean, he was not a bad guy. He wanted to take over from Moshe Rabbeinu and he wanted to take over from, from Aaron HaKohen. He wanted leadership. And what's the got to do with Hillel and Shammai? I mean, Hillel and Shammai were, were honest people who tried to understand what God wanted of us. And that's what Halakha is. Korach, he didn't want that. He didn't want to understand something. He didn't want to argue the idea. He wanted to win. That's what he wanted. So how does the, how exactly does the Mishnah compare Korach I mean, it's the opposite, but there's a comparison and to the case of Hillel and Shammai. It's two different kinds of machlokot that have nothing to do with each other, nothing at all. But if we learn the material, we might see that I'm exaggerating. First, there's the parish of Ravavadu Mibartinura. You know that the Bartinura wrote a parish on the Mishnah. He wrote a parish on the Mishnah because there really wasn't a parish, a, a, a kind of Rashi-like parish on the Mishnah. So he wrote it. And on this Mishnah, uh, there isn't the, a comment by the Rambam or a comment by
0: uh, by Rashi. So
1: let's look at the Partenura. He says, "What does that mean?" So far, it kayem. Cholmar. It'll continue to exist. Sh'an shei ha machloket ha'im it kayimim veinam ofdim. Chol machloket sheim shvayi sofar lekayem. He says, "So far, kayem." At the end, it will continue to exist. It does not refer to the machloket, but it refers to the people who are involved in this machloket the people continue to exist. of they don't disappear. They're not, you know, done away with. For example, we remind you of Hillel and Shammai. they didn't disappear. They weren't lost. Lo Beit Shamai, Beit Neither of them died as a result of that machloket. Abdu So so the 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 bar first first in the Bartanura is something kind of simple and straightforward. Ko Who is Sofalit Kayim? The people in the Machloket, If it's Lashem Shahim, didn't explain to us what Lashem Shah means. So then the Batinua adds, Anishamati, I heard another interpretation. Perush Sofa, Sofa like having to do with the end, with the end of time or the end of, of things. Tachlita, Sofa, Tachlita. What derives for us from the topic. He's explaining. And I want you to know that the machloket see the shem shamayim, the machloket that the Mishnah refers to, that is the shem shamayim, right? Sofam vukash The purpose. Remember, we said at the beginning, people wanted to know about what the purpose of machlokets might be. So he said, asofam vukash me'otah La la'asig ha'emet. That if you are looking for the truth, like SIGA EMET, it will continue to exist. As we have said in elsewhere, that it's the argument which will Bring us to the truth. And that's the machloket of Hillel and Shammai Shahal, halacha kebeit Hillel. But even though we know the halacha kebeit Hillel, Beit Shammai continues to exist because halacha Hillel, according to the Bartanur, I would say is an interim position. It's an interim position, and that's why every Hanukkah, Hanukkah comes, we look at the Gemara, and we see the argument between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, we say Beit Hillel, he set up the candles on Hanukkah, one, two, three, four, till eight, and Beit Shammai set up the candles, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and we learn that Gemara over again, even though, even though we know that we pass it like Beit Hillel, we know that we put in the first candle on the first night, and the two candles on the second night, etc. But we go back to the machloket in order to see if there's some new insight that we can derive, because we know that the truth is somehow connected to both of them. And even though we pass in, even though we've determined the halakha, I have to understand halakha is an interim position. We have to say something. We have to follow some kind of rule, but I don't think that Shammai followed Hillel's rule. I think Shammai followed his own rule. The ha sof e'no mitkayem, b'machloket korach but when it comes to a machloket of Korach v'adatov, with kavanatam v'asara After all, Korach vadato they weren't looking for truth according to the Bartanura. They weren't looking for the truth. They were looking for, they were looking for kavod. They were looking for honor. They were looking for position. Right, and they weren't looking for the truth. So, of course, we understand that if you, if the judgment that you make, if the judgment that you make has to do with kavod, with getting honor for yourself, you know that it's not, uh, it's not truth that you seek. And so, according to the Bartonuro. The second interpretation of the Shamayim, meaning if you are looking for the truth and you can't somehow resolve the two opinions, right? So, I mean, that's what that's what we live. We live in this kind of idea that it'll work out at the end. We'll understand what we're doing here. We'll know what it is we're supposed to do on Shabbos and on Yontif and etc. We'll know, even when today we know that we don't know, and again a p'sak, a determination of halacha, doesn't mean that we know. It means that we have agreed to accept one position over the over the other, but we still remain hopeful, and in the course of study that we take upon ourselves. It's the Gemara that remains the uh, bulwark of Torah. right? Even though the Gemara brings you back to the Machloket. But this Machloket is a wondrous thing. Because we're not waiting to find out who was wrong. Right? Sofal et kayem. The vachloket is something that we keep alive because we're looking forward to the resolution in truth. We're looking forward to the resolution in truth. So now, having learned this Mishnah and knowing something about, uh, about Korach, let's see if it fits in to what the the psukim teach us about Korach. So here is Korach. Okay, you remember that Rashi makes an issue out of Vayikach. He took himself. He took himself aside. It's about him. It's all about him. Ben Yitzhar ben Kad ben Levi. He took, a, a. you know, this is him. Also Kovot. His lineage. He was a Ben Levi, and then he took also Datan and who are noted, noted criminals, criminal types. So that's the first pasuk. The first pasuk already tells us who, who Korach was and what he was looking for. They stood up, they stood up ready to attack. And there were 250. 250 there's a lot of people. If mean, you don't have a microphone and you don't have any way to communicate to, to large groups. So this is a big deal 250 people, the CAI Dakri, Amo Shame, they were all big shots in their world, in the world in which they lived al And that's the person that tells us what they really were interested in. That's how Rashi explained it as well. They got together against Moshe and Aaron. I mean, what difference does it make what their argument was? Even though Rashi will tell us. But it doesn't matter. It was a machlokith of a personal nature. It was about kavod. It was, it was not about truth. It wasn't about the truth. It was about nothing at all so they didn't come to say we want to be the Kohen Gadol we want to be the leader of the the tribe they didn't say that but they said they said to Moshe and Aaron I mean we could just read the words and it comes out exactly as we thought Rav Lachem You've taken too much. You've given out too much to the family. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu was also the family of Levi. Now, what does that mean? He says, well, what does kedoshim mean? Kedoshim means exposed to God. Everybody was exposed to God at Matan Torah. The Torah was given, so everybody everybody became special. Maybe not as special as Moshe Rabbeinu, but we all agreed that Moshe Rabbeinu would would end his reign, his regime. Before they got to Eretz Israel, Eretz Kinnan. He called a Kulam Kedoshim. We would like to pick our slate. To run the show, uve Hashem and and Hashem is a very interesting kind of a of a phrase. God is within them, which is a pshat in the beginning of the book of Bamidbar. It's an explanation of the beginning of the book of Bamidbar. The beginning of the book of the Midbar is about how the Jews camped around the Oel Moed, the Tent of Meeting, which was the Mishkan in that at that time, the Mishkan, right, the Tabernacle. So Ki Kulam Kolam means we were all at our Sinai, and therefore we kind of have the prerequisite requirement for kind of being with God, leading the people. U Hashem, and you know that in order to take away that Kedusha, that godliness from the from Har Sinai, and to have it work in the desert, we had to have a Bitokham. It's only because we camped around the tabernacle that we could say that God is in our midst. It's ours. You couldn't do it yourself, Moshe Rabbeinu. Not even Moshe and Aaron could have done it by themselves. So, maduatit nasu al Shem. So, why are you so proud? Why do you think you're so important? we are the ones who are certainly going to continue the leadership, God's leadership. We're going to continue that. Moshe, al You know, there are several occasions when Moshe Rabbeinu expresses the fact that he's unable to act as a leader. He's unable to do what has to be done. Unable to do what has to be done. You know, when Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock, God told them to speak to the rock. So the Sefa Karim is a commentary. And I go, What's so terrible? You know that there was a question, what's so terrible about, about hitting the rock? I mean you you could hit a rock all day long, you're not gonna get water to come out of it. So when the water came out of it, he knew it was a miracle. So why was God angry? Why was God angry with the Moshe Rabbeinu? The answer, according to the Sefer karim well, the answer is not so. It's not only the important the answer that is important. What's important is the idea behind the answer. So the Sefer karim says, you remember yoshua binun, Yeshua was fighting against one of the cities in Canaan, the Ai. Fighting against them, and the day was waning, and Yoshua knew that knew that if the sun set, they would all have to regroup, and the and the and and their chances of winning the battle seemed to be limited. So what did Yoshua do? He said, "Shemesh be Givon do the sun in Givon should stop stop setting." And the moon should not come up. So the point that the Sefer Karim says, the point is that Yeshua didn't have permission from God to say, let the sun stand still. But Yeshua said, this is what I need in order to win. I know that HaKadosh Baruch wants me to win. And therefore, furthermore, I know that it'll happen. So the Sayfa Karim said that Moshe Rabbeinu sometimes became so disappointed with B'nai Yisrael or the people, the individuals, that he was not able to act as a leader. Here's a pasuk, Vayishmai Moshe. we could just, like push in the supra elements. segmental elements. I, say, I got Moshe, oh, totally disappointed, unhappy that the people that he had taught, the people that he had nurtured, the people who he gave the Torah to, they didn't get it. All these people standing in front of him and thought that it was Moshe Rabbeinu's choice. It certainly wasn't. Why al-panav. pull al-panav. So I would say, Let's look at a little bit of the Rashi. Baipol al-Panav, Rashi says, Baipol al-Panav Mahloket. We know something about machloket. Machloket is something that you can't resolve. It was Moshe Rabbeinu knew that he couldn't say anything. He couldn't say anything that would that would be the winning hand. Rashi goes on to say this to the fourth time that the people had sinned against Moshe Rabbeinu. I sinned against God, but Moshe Rabbeinu took the brunt of it. There's the golden calf. Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu requested, begged God. To appease, to appease the people, but not only that, when they complained, by it pallel Moshe, and Moshe Rabbeinu had to daven for them, bameraglin, and the spies, the story the spies, by Moshe Moshele Hashem, bishamu Mitzrayim, etc. So, so there were other times, b'machloket, b'machloktos shel Korach. So this time he really had nothing to, did they were, his hands were weak. My hands are things you do something with. Moshe Redi couldn't do anything. It was just too much, too much for him because it was a machloket. Machloket, it looked like the kind of machloket of Ilil and Shammai. That's what it looked like. But it wasn't that kind of machloket at all. It was something made up, something that was not reasonable. And so you see the Rashi, the pre, the previous Rashi. Rashi explains the story, but adds on, according to uh, Chazal, Bova Amdu, you see, just to say,
0: let me... Uh,
1: So you know that a talis, the kind of talis that men usually wear, although women could also wear a talis, I think. Uh, I'm not suggesting it, but I'm just saying that... uh, You know that one string of the four the four corners there are uh, strings that hang down from the talis and one of the strings is colored techelet dyed the Color of, of purple, royal purple, it's called t'chelet. So they said to him, If the whole talus is <coughs> is chelets, the whole talus is chelets, obtura. So, of course, I don't think in the desert they had sitsis or they had chelets, they didn't have the dye. And so the question was not relevant to anything, but it was the kind of question that if you didn't know what you were talking about, you could say either, you could say yes, you could say no. And so the story goes, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said to them. What does the it make of the whole thing is colored uh, uh, purple? You still have to put on scissors. Etchilu.
0: So me just a second, I think.
1: Okay, so the people would, they said, uh, they they argued with Moshe Rabbeinu and they said, He says if you have a regular talis and you have one thread, one of the threads which is that's uh, an that's abs. Isn't it possible that the it was according to Chazal. According to Chazal, Korach va'Adato not only said that they are worthy because they had the kedusha of Har Sinai and they were part of the people that surrounded the Mishkan. Not only that, but they said, and when it comes to Torah. We're not any worse than Moshe Rabbeinu. Let's ask him a question. And the question they asked him was about a talis. If you have a talis that is colored entirely with purple, do you need a string of purple in the talis? And Moshe Rabbeinu said, of course you do. made all the sense in the world. But the people said, maybe not. Maybe not. How does Moshe Rabbeinu know that? How does Moshe Rabbeinu know that? Then they said, "Kikolaida Kulamka Shim Rashi explains Kulamka Shim, you see it's like five lines from the bottom, Kulamhamrud varim Sinai, everybody heard God speaking at Sinai vi piak that's God, umadua titnasu why, why be so proud of yourselves? Emla Kahat Atta malt loha." They say to Moshe Rabbeinu, if you take kingship, you shouldn't give the priesthood to your brother. It's not true that you're the only ones who heard God speak at Sinai. The entire population heard. So we see that Korach was about Kavod and was about misleading and maligning Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what what it was about. Now there's a... To conclude our investigation, I would like to... Just one second. I'd like to mention a Gemara. I'd like to mention a Gemara in uh, Okay, you see it? Did it show up? I hope it showed up so he said that we all know this quote because we say it all the time shalom they increase shalom shalom is a tough word Shine'emar. and there's a a reference to a post there'll be a lot of shalom that comes out of your children Al Reba Naich the drash says don't don't read it as it's usually vocalized. Ela those who build you up right those are the Talmidei Chachamim. Shalom Rav Lo A lot of Shalom to those who love the Torah. Ve'ein Lahem they don't trip up on anything. Ye shalom, there should be peace in your energy, the things you do, shalva bar notay, peace and quiet in your in your castles. Leman achaibarayadabra da shalom bach. A list of sukim which emphasize shalom. Laman Baita Shemalu Kainu HaShem Ozla Everything, everything is Shalom. Shalom is the pinnacle, the ultimate, the best that they could be. And so it says, Talmidei Chachamim Marbim Shalom Ba'Olam." On this Gemara, Rav Kook has stated a wonderful thing, right? In the Ein Ayah, in the E'naya, which is his commentary on the Agadot of Shas, Rav Kook says the following. Yesh to'im. There are those who make a mistake. they are those who make a mistake. Rim, world peace, world peace. You know, peace in our time. That peace means that everybody thinks the same thing. Everybody is on the same page, as they say. That's peace. Im When you see a Talmud Chacham, a scholar, you kind of investigate him with Chochmah. And when you look into it very carefully, you find out that whatever you talk to him about, right? There are different opinions, different sides, different ideas. Everything, I mean, nothing is settled. It was more settled before you started talking to him than it is now. So people say, well, why should I talk to the to the great Torah scholars? All I do is increase difference of opinion. New opinions, odd opinions, you know, if you knew something, if you, you could check it, the Tshuva literature, you would see that great scholars, great Torah scholars, keeping keep on uh, uh, indicating that they disagree with each other. Over they Cain. He says <laughs> it's not true. Ain't no Cain. He has Shalom He says, after all, the truth of the notion of Shalom. And Shalom you know is the name of God,, Davka al, Ribui Shalom. The only way that peace Shalom, can come into the world is if you have if you're able to uh, uh, to conquer the the multiplicities of Shalom. Haribui shall I show? Shall this multiplicity of peace, right, which is what we see all the time? yitra That all the different sides should be able to get together with each other. All of the, all of the uh, opportunities, the positions. The ideas that 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 wisdom, give us. With bareru et and you have to understand that each of them has a place. Yechlehem makom. kol davar levi erko mikomo veinyano. You had rabba all those things that seem to us perhaps to be unnecessary, extraneous, right against the Halocha, O oh, Kesotrim, or some or deniers, when the true wisdom becomes part of what we understand. Lekovstadera, all the different aspects of that wisdom. Yeru, shirak yedei kibutz kol we call pratim. It's only when we are able to absorb all of the differences of opinions and all the details we call hadeot, and their shonot, and all the differing positions we call hamiktoot. We call Ota halukot, dafka al yadam. It's 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 not because everything is the same, but it's because things are different, different from each other. Daf al yadam or That's where you get it. That's where you get the emet and the tzedek. And that was that was of course hilvishamai. So he has put together for us, Rakuk, that is to say, has put together for us the idea that the idea here, right? That's, that's one idea. And the second idea,
0: Kol machloket
1: Shem shamayim, so we have a definition for shem shamayim. Sham shamayim equals shalom. Shalom equals the divine. That's God's name. So kol machloket shehilashem shamayim. It was said, oh, you want to find the truth, but you want to find the shalom. You want to find the place of God in the world of creation, the world that God created so you could find it you could find it if you accept the fact that the truth is in the varying positions in the varying ideas that come out of the discussion in the uh, uh uh once you understand all of the different positions that might be included then you are moving in the direction you're moving in the direction of sofa Kayen, And that sofa is what we call, what the Gemara calls, shalom. Shalom. And so we have to understand that the machloket was put into the world because just not clear that we could understand the truth as truth, but we have to kind of get into it little by little, generation by generation, and that's called but Korach was interested in personal aggrandizement. Korach was interested in taking over, in doing what, Moshe Rabbeinu had done. And therefore, the Machloket of Korach V'adatov is meaningless in the long run. It has no, it has no reality at all. It's gone, it's gone. Korach V'adatov against Hillel and Shammai. All the best, have a wonderful Shabbos, be well.
0: Thank you very much. Bye bye.
1: Well